typically when we're talking about goals in performance management, those are, are often just kind of talking points and maybe we jot something down and then we forget about it. We have no way to measure the outcome of the goals. So in, in forward coaching, we talk about the idea of, I want to be a better project manager. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So I'm going to write that down and I'm going to look at it maybe at six months and I'm going to look mm-hmm. at it again in 12 months. And I say, you know, I am a better project manager. Mm-hmm. So how can we measure that? How can we actually tell if you're a better project manager? So then it comes down to an opinion of the supervisor. Are you a better project manager? Did you actually try or not? Mm-hmm. And, and how much of a better project manager are you? Mm-hmm. If we don't have any metrics that key in, those goals are really, they're just icing. They, they don't really mean anything significant. Yep. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. A little bit more. Are we good with that this week? I think we're going to have to live with that. (laughs) So uh, this is episode 34, and we are talking about performance appraisals. This is super exciting. I know everybody is jazzed. No, this is a fun one. Get jacked, boys. This whole month is stuff that's a little bit like... Feels boring from the topic conversation, but hopefully the episodes are, are still in- interesting because they're really important stuff. Well, with the right spin, it's important that, uh, that we're paying attention to performance, right? It's absolutely. So, you know, that's it. So we've been talking this month about all of the little pieces of process that help keep people happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about tasking because that is in the day to day the best way to help get people out from underwater. Mm-hmm. We talked about compensation because that one's kind of obvious. It really matters whether we're getting paid and how much we're getting paid in terms of being happy because we have to know stuff at home is okay. The lights are going to stay on. Right. We talked about organizational mapping because if we want people to be happy, it's really important that they know what they're supposed to be doing. And how they interact with other people on the team. Yeah. And finally, performance appraisals. So this is about one specific time during the year when we talk about how we're doing, but this is also about appraising performance all year long. Yeah, it should be a year-long process or an ongoing process rather than just intermittent. Because it's not just important that people know what they're supposed to do, it's important that they know how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And something we talk about a lot is with the incoming generation, with you know, call them millennials, mm-hmm. um, it's they're used to getting a lot of feedback all the time. And Real we talk time. about this. That How many likes, how many shares and views and thumbs up? And, and comments. And, and bloits. That's not is that a, what it's that's called? That's not a thing. No? I, is this like your own social media that you're going to develop? John Voigt? How many John Voigts is it? Is it like Voigtbook? Could be. Voigtstagram? Right, but how many how many Voigts did you get on your you know post that you had? Wait, is this like only likes that just come specifically from John Voigt? No, they're posts that John Voigt would like. So if I, as a member of the social media site, yeah. think John Voigt would like the post, yes. then I click like. Yes, I click Voigt. easy. Voigt. Done. Don't have to think twice. What about his daughter? Sarah Voigt? Nope. Do you know who John Voigt's daughter is? I have is? no idea. It's Angelina Jolie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we just, uh, that was a, a knowledge bomb So when we, for everybody. When we post about Angelina Jolie, do you think that gets Voigt's or does not get Voigt's? I don't know. It depends on the relationship. Well, I don't know what their relationship's like. Exactly. I don't know John Voigt. get in the mind of John Voigt. I don't know anything about what John Voigt likes. It's a whole, it's the point of the app. 
Okay, anyway, so everybody get your jetpacks on. Got some housekeeping to take care of. Yeah, so speaking of jetpacks. Jetpacks? Uh, we've been. What is a jetpack anyway? What? Let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. You have some, some uh, faithful listeners who are like, I love your podcast, but I don't get the jetpack. I don't get the whole jetpack thing. So we're going to just talk a little bit about what the jetpack thing is. So this is for you well, oldies out there, but the goodies. So early in recording this podcast, it felt very much like we were sort of shouting into the void, and it was actually very ethereal for Jason. Mm -hmm. He felt like there was not much point to the podcast. There's really no one listening, like actually at that point, no one. Actually no one listening. Zero listens. And so the idea that we had was to get people to let us know when people started listening to the podcast, Mm -hmm. we would have a thing that we called the jetpack every every episode. And actually, this is actually the part I don't want to say out loud. Say it. Okay, so actually the plan was that we were supposed to have t-shirts printed up. Are you really going to share that? I just said I didn't want to. Okay. We were supposed to have t-shirts printed up, which we actually paid for a t-shirt design. We have the design. It's we good to go. haven't, well, and actually part of why we haven't gotten the t-shirts printed out is because we're like, we have two golden retrievers, so we are super reticent to, to pick a shirt. Because without we, you, without feeling it. Yeah, we're really afraid we're going to take it home and it's going to get immediately covered in dog hair. We don't want that for anybody. We don't want that for anybody. So anyway, the point is, the whole point is, we were supposed to have a shirt. We still don't. With actual jetpacks on it. Yeah, it was really cool. It still could be. It it will be. How about that? Okay. Well, so we actually have only had one person actually relate the jetpacks back to us. So Very well. Let me go back. So You're going way back. I know. So this we, is performance appraisal. I know, but this is important. Okay. So we were supposed to have t-shirts, and if someone said to us the jetpack from the episode, which would be kind of an Easter egg, this mm-hmm. secret, completely random term that had nothing to do with the episode. So you could look at the app and go, oh, Jason and Mary are talking about performance appraisals this week, so I'm just going to call them up and say, performance appraisals, and we'll go, nope, ah, that's not the jetpack. Try again. The jetpack is so random, you would have had to listen to the podcast. You would never guess it. To know what the jetpack is. That's right. And if they could tell us that, then they would get a free t-shirt. Because it was proof that they actually listened. Yeah, and the idea of it was, it's really easy for people to go, oh yeah, I I like you, I respect you, and I can tell you're putting a lot of work into this podcast, so sure, I totally listened to it. Mm -hmm. Like I always remember, your brother told me he read my book. Oh yeah. And that he bought it at Barnes & Noble. Sure. Where it It was not for sale. So, you know, it's easy for people to to say that, and you can't really check check Mm -hmm. whether that's true. So the jetpack was meant to be a way for us to know who was actually listening. And a way for people to interact. Yeah. So if you don't know what the jetpack is, if you listen to the episode and you hear the jetpack, you are supposed to call us, tell us in person. Email. Email us. LinkedIn. Put it on social media. Yeah. Tell us the jetpack, and then you will will go on the list of people who will eventually get that shirt when we get around to picking out a dog hair Free shirt. Well, and Jarrett Sabri, uh, Jarrett Sabri, we did send a super fan package to we for did, all of the hard work that he's done, we, and he still deserves a shirt. He still deserves a shirt. He yep. gets the first shirt. Absolutely. So, we have been hard at work on the Jetpack cohort website. Mm-hmm. So, if that's something that you have had interest in, in leadership development and being part of something bigger than yourself. Yes, the Jetpack cohort, if you haven't been following along, is a cohort program that we're trying to get off the ground where we take 
people who are up and coming leaders and bring them together and talk about different leadership topics and have a peer group part of that where they can bring their work and talk about problems they're having in real time. We can solve those problems together in real time once per month and then we have a leadership training topic once per month mm -hmm. and provide that ongoing support. Yep. So it's going to be a lot of fun and Watch for it. more information about that on the website which is at www.jetpackcohort.com. It's, it's easy. Jetpack Cohort. This episode brought to you by Jetpack Cohort. <laughs> and Pringles. <laughs> I wish. Okay. Okay. So, so back to the topic Performance appraisals. Performance appraisals. So, so we talked previously about organizational structure. We've talked about job descriptions and we're kind of diving into performance appraisals. A big part of the reason why we're talking about it right now is because right now is the season to be developing your own process to make sure that you get it done in time for the new year. Because many times people want to kick off their new performance appraisal mm -hmm. season in January. Yep. Now, if you don't start now, you are late. Now is the time. We, we often hear from people in January mm -hmm. who say, okay, help me roll out my performance appraisals. It's time to do performance appraisals and I don't like the way we've done it in the past. Help me. And we can, but it's always better when you start now so that you have the time to get that all built out and get the expectations all on board. New process, new year. Absolutely. Right. So many times one of the, the struggles that all people have is that when we identify that there's a problem, a problem in front of us, we want to jump to fill the void and give a solution. Well, it's, it's natural to want to solve problems. Mm -hmm. So something that we often do when people are having a hard time solving a problem is to tell them, we don't want to hear any solutions. No solutions, mm -hmm. we want to define the problem. Yep, if we don't define the problem, then we don't understand it. Mm -hmm. We want to sit down and thoroughly define the problem, mm -hmm. and then come up with the metrics for solving that problem. Well, the metrics to know if that problem has changed. Absolutely. Right, so, so if the problem has changed, we need to understand how would we understand if it's getting better or getting worse? Mm -hmm. So if the problem is that I have projects that keep losing money, mm -hmm. then we need to figure out what we're going to measure in order to better understand that problem. You could just say you're going to work harder, mm -hmm. and work anything, more hours. Anything that comes out of their mouth that is an attempted solution to that problem, we say, we don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hear the solution. Yep. We want to hear everything about the problem, everything about how we measure the problem, mm -hmm everything about what kind of measurements would tell us that the problem is solved, and then let's talk about mm -hmm. solutions. So when we go through project coaching, we look at all of the types of metrics that, that are associated with successful projects. Mm -hmm. and, and some of those metrics have nothing to do with revenue and nothing to do with profit. Mm -hmm. They have everything to do with number of RFIs, number of daily logs, number mm -hmm. of change orders written, uh, number of submittals submitted, uh, and, and so there are all of these other outliers that will support a successful project. They're indicators of successful projects. But if we just say we're going to make more money next time, mm -hmm. there is no vehicle to get us there. Or uh, Bob really messed it up. So we're gonna Bob. tell Bob not to mess up and next we've time. Been, we've been railing into Bob lately. No, we talked about helping Bob before. I know, I know. So, like, it's all it's, changed. It's Bob's turn to like get railed on, you know? Forget Bob. Railing okay. on? Is That's, that it was looking on ahead? Yeah. It was on purpose. I like what you did. It was future vision. <laughs> okay, darn it. Right, so before 
identifying the, the metrics for an individual person, right, for our project management, what do we do? What, what should we be thinking about? Well, so even before we identify the metrics for one specific project, we want to zoom all the way back and come up with what the metrics are for our whole company. Mm -hmm. What are the targets for our company? What does success look like? What are all of the specific things we can measure that will tell us how successful we are? If we're not thinking first at the company level and zooming into that specific project level, then we're not actually moving the ship. We're kind of moving each piece one by one rather than moving the, the whole ship as a collective. So we talk about a lot of things where we talk about how it's kind of an art as well as a science. And this is one of those things. People will say, why don't you have a training session about metrics? And the answer is because every single company's metrics are a completely unique thing. Mm -hmm. What means success to one company can look completely different from what means success for another company. Yeah, they're, they're oftentimes very similar, mm -hmm. but they're very personal. What we're measuring, how we're measuring it, and what the target numbers are is completely unique to you. So when we talk about defining metrics, we have our own uh, acronym. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a model. Right. <laughs> Acronymic model. It is. It's, it's the Rails model. Mm -hmm. So this is just to help you remember what all the components are. You want to stay on Rails when you're defining metrics. Absolutely, because mm -hmm. metrics, and that's not, not unintentional, the right set of metrics will keep you on rails mm -hmm. where you are just trucking along and you can always tell when you start to get off the rails very quickly. Right. So rails stands for, uh, the first letter is the R, and so this is a good metric should be reliable. It should be something that whenever you measure it. You could call it robust even. No, robust is different. Reliable is better. Statistically robust. But reliable. It should it should be static. It should not change by itself. Mm -hmm. Right. You it, should understand if it changes what happened. It can have a curve over mm -hmm. the year. So this could be a number that changes between winter and could summer. Be seasonal. But every winter, it should look about the same. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it looks the same at your company. It means its relationship to the success of your company stays stable over time. Something that that is predictable. Something that will happen. Uh, unless there's some outside force at play. Uh, so reliable are, are metrics that oftentimes we have to develop for ourselves and it could be unit production rates. So we can install X number of linear feet, X number of square feet per hour. Uh, it's been proven in the past. It should be proven in the future unless something happens to it. Mm -hmm. and so some, if some outside force comes into play. So if we look at a project and our unit production rates are really different from mm -hmm. what we usually see. Really dynamic and out of control. That's an indicator that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. If they're really different all the time, it means we're not doing a good job at measuring that. Right. Um, but ultimately, that's a great example of a reliable metric mm -hmm. because if it is changing, it's changing as a result of some kind of outside forces. It, it should not be changing just by itself. It doesn't change by itself. Mm -hmm. It changes because forces change it. Yeah. And so then that lets us see that there is some other force acting on our work. So in Rails, we have reliable, actionable, indicative, light, and scalable. So the next piece is actionable. Actionable. So not only does this mean this is a metric that you can do something about, mm -hmm. but a good actionable metric is one that you can do something about 
early in the process. So you should have visibility of how that metric is moving. And by having early visibility of it, you have the ability to manipulate it or change the outcome. So often we go in and we start talking about metrics and our clients tell us, well, we have good metrics. We measure how our projects do. And then we find out that these metrics- It's at the end. It happens at the end of the project. And then they go back and run the numbers and figure out they usually know whether or not it was mm-hmm. successful. But at the end, they run the numbers to figure out just how successful were we. At 5% into any process, we should at that point know whether or not we're on track. Absolutely. 5% in, mm-hmm. we should have enough data mm-hmm. to be able to know, are we going to make money or are we going to lose money? Mm-hmm. And so by having that actionable metric, mm-hmm. it gives us that early preview mm-hmm. of where we're at. So unit rates are another good example. Mm-hmm. Those are very actionable because we can tell after two weeks how we're doing in terms of what our usual production rates are versus what they are here. You could tell after one day. Absolutely. Right. As long as it's set up right. How much did we get done and how does that relate to the expected unit rate? So the next piece is indicative. So whatever our metric is, it should be indicative of of what's actually happening under the hood. So it means if we improve this metric, we will improve our outcome. So So there's a correlation there. Yeah, we can have a poor metric that improving it doesn't do anything for our outcome, Mm -hmm. which means it's not a good thing to be measuring and paying attention to because doing better on it doesn't lead to a better result. So working more hours doesn't necessarily improve your outcome. Absolutely. And in some cases it can worsen your outcome. Absolutely. Whereas to go back again to our example of unit rate, if we are beating our unit rates, if we are doing twice as fast as we normally do, assuming that our quality is still on, then that means this is looking to be a successful project. And the next piece is light. So this is something that we always focus on, making sure Mm -hmm. that any metric that we're tracking is easy to measure. We should create a process that makes it easy to measure, simple to measure, and something that everybody has visibility of. People often have the picture that if we're gonna start using metrics and we're gonna start really measuring things that This means every single person is going to be doing all of this paperwork and crunching all these numbers all the time. They're not going to do any work anymore. They're just going to be measuring. Yep. And the truth is good metrics are built so that measuring them is easy. It's Mm -hmm. light and it becomes a natural part of the process. Mm -hmm. If it feels like it takes too much work to keep track of after you've been doing it, for a couple of weeks after we get through that phase where it's new and different. If it feels like it takes too much work to keep track of, it's not a good metric. Mm-hmm. And the final piece is scalable. So all companies should have some piece of growth, some component of growth. You should be growing at some low level mm-hmm. in a worst case scenario. Even uh, if you're not growing right now, you should always have room to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. So any, any metric that you're putting together and tracking and developing, it should have the ability to scale with your operation. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes hand in hand with light in terms of the fact that anything we decide to start measuring, we should look at the way that we're measuring it and make sure that it will continue to make sense as our company changes and grows. That we're not doing this in a way that's going to become a problem as our team grows. So that's the the Rails metric model. That is reliable, actionable, indicative, light, and scalable. And so that's kind of at the the organizational level, we're thinking about what do we want to develop? What do we want to measure? What do we want to track? 
that provides value to know whether or not our ship is moving the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then the next piece is individual role development. So we mm -hmm. have to identify metrics for project foremen, mm -hmm. or project managers, or engineers, or executives, mm -hmm. or administrators. Mm -hmm. And so if we have that responsibility matrix that we talked about last week, if we have it all mapped out, who is responsible for carrying which pieces of mm -hmm. the work that we do, then we should be able to take those metrics and kind of slot that right in and understand what the project managers are responsible for, yeah. what the foremen are responsible for, what the executives are responsible for. And what are those those key indicators on whether or not they're, they're tracking? Mm -hmm. But a really important part of this conversation is making sure that we only tag people with metrics that they actually have control over. So, so what if you don't have any control over something that you are being measured against? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Then that can feel so frustrating because you can't make a difference in your own job performance. So there's no correlation then between your performance mm -hmm. and the outcome. So this is like when we take the team on the project and make them responsible for the overall success of the project. Because we say, look, if you do a good job in the field, that's gonna make the project yeah, successful. So you're a project foreman, and you are responsible on whether or not we make money, mm -hmm. exclusively. But that is so dependent on decisions that are made by the PM that the foreman doesn't have any control over. And back up even further at estimating. Yep. What did we bid it for, mm -hmm. right? Was that even achievable or attainable? Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily hold that foreman accountable for it. Mm -hmm. There are ways to kind of transfer that accountability, but that's kind of a different conversation here. So but, what we want to look at is what does the foreman have control over that if the foreman does those things, the foreman will be doing his or her part mm -hmm. at making the project successful. You have to have the control over that outcome. And if you mm -hmm. don't have control over that outcome, then you can't be held to account for it. Yep, absolutely. So then we want to develop the process for actually tracking the metrics with the individual team members. Mm -hmm. So here, this is something that you can build a, uh, not Higgs boson, uh, we're, we're going too serious. Oh, uh, 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 Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg device. device, right? <laughs> it seems like so many companies will build this process tracking system like a Rube Goldberg device. So for the folks who don't know what that is, what is it? So it's a machine that takes a bunch of unnecessary steps to do something that you could have done much more simply just by doing it. So we're, we're talking about the process for tracking the metrics for our team. Mm -hmm. And many companies and folks, they're well-intended, but they mm -hmm. create these excessively complex devices, mm -hmm. systems, for tracking something that should be relatively simple. Mm -hmm. And by creating those extra complications, you add variability, you, you make it less predictable, you break down the correlation between cause and effect, mm -hmm. and you make it entirely too confusing for most folks to be able to follow. Agreed. Right? They hate it. Mm -hmm. They hate it. Uh, so it's important and critical that whatever process we create for tracking our metrics, it should be light. It should be visible. Everybody should have access to it. As we make changes in going through the process of execution, mm -hmm. we should be able to see the outcome in real time. But we also do need to have a process for mm -hmm. it. Like yes. it, it does need to be a light process. Yep. But if we just say, well, we're going to start measuring these things. So guys, I don't know. Work hard. Measure that. Yeah. Right? We want to make sure that we give them the tools. We mm -hmm. give them the process. They understand how and when they're supposed to be marking whatever it is that they're marking. Yeah. So. 
Uh, we talked a little already about why it is we're talking about this now. Why is it relevant in, is it August? August. Why is it relevant in August well, to be so talking about January appraisals? Funny that you ask that because we decided that this month we were going to talk about all of these processes because uh, we always talk about the fact that our job is kind of interesting because mm -hmm. we work in the construction industry, but our season is kind of in opposition to the construction industry. It is. So summer is when all of our clients get really busy. That's their big season. Obviously, that's when construction goes bonkers. No one has time to train in the summer because everybody is busy working. Exactly. So our training schedule gets quiet. Our consulting schedule gets quiet because people aren't looking to make big changes in the middle of the summer. Yeah. They're just trying to stay afloat, trying to keep on top of all this work that's coming in. They're haymaking. They're haymaking. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the end of summer and the beginning of fall, and that's when we start to pick up. We get very busy just as the construction industry starts to slow down because now things are settled down, everybody's thinking about training, everybody's thinking about the changes they want to make because they just saw the kind of the pressure test of their system. <laughs> and how it didn't work well. What didn't work well and they're now in kind of possession of all that information where they're like, okay, this really failed us all summer long. Mm -hmm. How do we fix it? Yeah. And that's when it's time to talk about it. So we felt like August was a good time to kind of go over what all of the sort of base processes are that we look to help people work on so that as we move into September and the fall, we kind of have that, that, that basis for what we need to fix. And when we get into January, we're going to be talking more about best practices for performance management. Um, but right now we're just kind of giving you the preview of what that process should look like. The process that you're developing at this point in time, what should you keep in mind while you're building it? Yeah, and you, so you'll hear us say it a couple times in this episode that our we have our own performance management system and it's named Forward Coaching. That's a good name. I like the name. I like that. We came up with it like at midnight, like like everything, like everything, like arcade wayfinding. It's true. Yeah. We came up with that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week Ooh, in that's a uh, arcade known fact. story time. Yeah. So we so forward coaching because the idea is we don't want to be looking backward at what happened before that no one has control over. So you could have what? What are some of the other phrases that folks use with performance management? So you have your your performance review. Mm hmm your performance appraisal, that's mm -hmm. kind of a positive spin. Uh, Even appraisal though really is like, was it good or was it bad? Your annual review. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so there are a number of different connotations to it. So when we were building out our own performance management system, we looked at what people think what their negative experiences are with performance management. And what we found is that one of the big focuses is people don't like the idea that we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about everything I did wrong all year. And I know I did it wrong or I don't agree, but either way it doesn't matter because I can't go back and change any of that. I literally had a, a project manager who just kept a black book of all these things that everybody did wrong mm -hmm. and shared it once per year. Mm -hmm. So forward coaching is the idea that we should be looking forward. It doesn't mean we ignore what went wrong last year. It means we can't change it. We focus on next year and how can we prevent mm -hmm. the things that went wrong from happening again. So the big change in, in our delivery of forward coaching in performance management is the focus on the conversation. That conversation between uh, leader and follower, manager and, and employee, team lead and team member, whatever we want to call it, 
the, the main focus should be on the heart of the conversation. It's not just an email that's exchanged. It's not a piece of paper that we both sign off on. It's not just a form with a bunch of check boxes mm-hmm. on it. it. It's the heart of it is this conversation and really connecting with a person who you're reporting to and who's reporting to you. It's an important conversation that happens and any paperwork that is involved with it should be about doing our best to capture what we decided in that conversation and as opposed to being the core of the appraisal. And so in forward coaching, we're looking forward, we're looking at what we have the ability to change, and we're looking at the coaching mentality that we should be coaching that person mm-hmm. rather than supervising or managing or enforcing mm-hmm. or policing. Yep. We're coaching. If we're coaches, then we're much more likely to have that atmosphere and that dynamic with our mm-hmm. team. And again, in January, we're going to do an episode that is specifically about forward coaching, where we'll go into a lot more detail about how we manage all the pieces of that. Watch for it. Watch for it. Right. But for now, uh, in that conversation, what we're talking about is we're talking about the current metrics. So we're kind of setting what those goalposts are. Mm -hmm. And we're giving information and sharing visibility of how are we currently performing. You almost, in in a first pass of performance management, if you haven't done it before, Mm it's more important that we share where are we at right now mm-hmm. with respects to these metrics. And so we're not passing judgment, we're saying, this is what we know, this is the data that we have. Mm-hmm. So to use our, because we, we talked so much about production rates, mm-hmm. if we're then in forward coaching. So if you say to someone, well, you're just, you just work too slow. Yeah. You just, work I don't know, faster. it feels like you just aren't working fast enough. What does that mean? And then they feel like, look, I'm doing the best that I can. What do you want from me? I work harder than Jim. So when we Screw say, Jim. we have a company production rate that we try to meet that a lot of our people are able to meet. Mm-hmm. And this is what the production rate is. So here's where you are with regards to that. You're at 80% of it. What can we do to help you get to 100%? What changes can we make so that you can get to that average that we are all shooting for so that we can make sure we're making enough money to pay everybody's paychecks? Is it tools? Is it training? Are there other Mm -hmm. obstacles that we're not aware of? What are the obstacles that are in your way? Mm -hmm. And so then we work together to try to remove those obstacles so that we can realize uh, those goals. So, so you can see how this conversation does a much better job at making everyone feel like a team mm-hmm. and pulling everyone together instead of being divisive and, and pulling us apart. Mm-hmm. So typically when we're talking about goals in performance management, uh, those are, are often just kind of talking points and maybe we jot something down and then we forget about it. We have no way to measure the outcome of the goal. So in, in forward coaching, we talk about the idea of, I want to be a better project manager. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So I'm going to write that down and I'm going to look at it maybe at six months and I'm going to look mm-hmm. at it again in 12 months. And I say, you know, I am a better project manager. Mm-hmm. So how can we measure that? How can we actually tell if you're a better project manager? So then it comes down to an opinion of the supervisor are you a better project manager? Did you actually try or not? Mm-hmm. And and how much of a better project manager are you? Mm-hmm. If we don't have any metrics that key in, those goals are really, they're just icing. They, they don't really mean anything significant. Yep. So uh, in, in forward coaching, the key piece that we lean into is what are your strengths and what are your obstacles? So we like to have the supervisor talk about strengths. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you really sit across from a person and you really cannot think of one thing they do well, one thing they're good at. I can't think of one of your strengths right now, Mayor. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> Not nice. one. Nice. Not going to happen. Mark. So can I like list that one of your weaknesses is no. seeing strengths in other people? No. <laughs> no. You can no. only list your obstacles. That's true. I yeah. can only list. Oh wait. So I'm I'm receiving a performance appraisal <laughs> yes. from you. Yeah. How about we turn that over? <laughs> right. So we focus on strengths, and and the person giving that appraisal, that coaching, should be identifying the strengths of the team member. And part of this is because this is something that they need to hear. Mm -hmm. They need to hear what you think they're good at, and if they hear you tell them that they're good at this thing. I, I believe and I think what we see is that they lean into that mm -hmm. and they use those strengths all the more because now someone has told them that they're good at something. It could be the only compliment they get all year. And that seems really simple and really silly, but the truth is everyone wants to hear that they're valued mm -hmm. and why they're valued. Mm -hmm. People like to hear what they're doing well and we often don't talk about that as much as we could. So then we identify goals together and then mm -hmm team member identifies what are the obstacles? What are the things that traditionally get in their way? What are what's, they concerned about? What's in your way? Mm -hmm. And this can come in really two forms. One of the forms is when they tell you things that are getting in their way, like for example, I have bad tools. Mm -hmm. I need replacement tools. I need a better computer. I have a family member with cancer. Well, that's the other kind. Obstacles? Yes. Yeah. I said there are two kinds of obstacles. Oh. So the first kind is something that you should be giving me yes. that you're not. Yes. So this is really valuable because you can take I didn't I didn't have the subheader there. I didn't I know. said it, you weren't listening. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> nice. So that's, the, that's one of your weaknesses. <laughs> is you not paying attention? How <laughs> is that my weakness? <laughs> we'll talk about it in your review. <laughs> Good luck. So the first kind are things that your employer should be giving you that they're not. So this is my tools are broken. My computer is not working right. I, need, I don't have the training to do what you're asking me to do. I need new software. Yeah, mm -hmm. I need training. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is valuable because it lets you know what you can add to the system in order to improve things. Yeah. The other kind of obstacle are personal obstacles. So this could be something like I have a sick family member. Mm -hmm. This could also be something like I know about myself that I show up late. Mm -hmm. I know about myself that I procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And you can work together with them to help them get a handle on those things. Having them share that and, and put it out into words. Mm -hmm. When someone says, I show up late, you could talk about ways that they can do mm -hmm. a better job. You could create some kind of a bonus reward system, something silly like mm -hmm. coffee cards or bring in lunch if they make it every day on time. But you could also look at them and say, actually, you're here every night until 7.30, so yeah. you want to show up at 9.30? No big deal. Let's do that, Yeah. right? So this gives us all this room, all this information that we can use to make things work better for everyone that I think we often don't get that information on the table. We don't get that level of sort of honesty and transparency that moves back and forth. So it's key that, that after we leave that conversation and we have some memorialization of that, of what we talked about, uh, that we don't just drop it, that we don't just put it away. Mm -hmm. We need to keep it alive and keep it part of the, the dialogue and the conversation. And at a minimum, we should be having conversations like that with every single report, at least quarterly. Mm -hmm. At least quarterly, it's worth a cup of coffee. Yep. So the paperwork should be really light 
and easy to keep track of for the reason that we want them to stay, keep that in their in their front vision. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we like to do is to make sure we have a, with Forward Coaching, we have a one page sheet where they track their strengths, their goals and their obstacles. Mm -hmm. And what we like to do is have the leaders of the teams come through the workspace every so often and say, first person who can show me their sheet of goals gets mm -hmm. this coffee cart. Yeah, and I prefer that we post it somewhere public so that everybody knows what are we working towards, what are our obstacles, and when we share that information with the team, we're much more likely to get that shared support. Well, but posting it public is great, but I think it's also important that they have a personal copy of sure. it that they keep at hand. Yeah, because I'm saying if it's in front of my desk and I refer to it mm -hmm. on a daily basis, uh, that but like, I, I would accept that for the coffee. Stuff part. that sits on the wall in the break room for a year becomes yeah. invisible to all of us. Sure, but right? I would never post my my appraisal sheet in the break room. All I'm saying is when you talk about- That's weird. You said you like to weird. post it in no, public. Like, no, That's right, what you said. right at my desk. My desk <laughs> would be public, right? Fair. So, uh, and then we like to incentivize and put the weight of carrying that process on the team member. So if I'm managing a team of eight people and you tell me that now I need to set up quarterly check-ins with each of eight people. So that's 24 meetings before you even get to the one-year review. And holding the meetings isn't the big deal. Mm -hmm. It is tracking everyone down and figuring out when everyone's available and yeah. pinning everyone down. So instead of having that weight be on the manager, we like to say, okay, for each person on the team, you only have one manager to check in with. So you should track them down and set the meeting up mm -hmm. yourself. And if you don't do it, nobody makes you do it. However, at the end of the year, you have your sheet your sheet gets initial, just like a, just like a card at the coffee like a shop, pizza right? Hut punch or like card. A, yeah, like Book a it. Pizza Hut punch card. Oh, that's a good one. Book it. Is that the the jetpack Pizza Hut punch card? Sure, Pizza Hut punch card. You don't wanna you don't wanna come for me with with regards to book it. Do I not? How many bookets did you get? Oh, like so many. I lied every time. I know. You're just like Roblin <laughs> Huff. You know that? Just I, like Roblin Huff. I never won. Roblin Huff was the only one. I never won like a classroom contest. Oh, there were no contests. It was just that there was somebody who oh, had the most books. Oh. So, so you just want to win even though there's no prize. I want to be the one who read the most books. Jetpack is Pizza Hut. Punch card? Punch card. Book it. Book it. Hashtag book it. Hashtag book the it. The point does. is, Robin Hoff had more books than me every year, yeah. and she told me that she lied, but her mom signed the sheet even though she didn't read the books. <laughs> Jason, did your mom sign the sheet? You signed it for your mom, I didn't did, you? I did, You lied and, and forged the signature. It was probably the best I ate all week. That's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a special deal. I didn't even need it. My mom took me to the Pizza Hut and yeah. then bought all my sister's pizzas yeah. and I got my bucket. I was but the you know only what one though? who got it. You know what though? Mine tasted better than all of theirs. I'm sure it did. I won it. Yeah. And it was little. Theirs were little too. Were they? Yeah, they all, my oh, mom bought everyone personal pizzas except for me. No, most of the times when I went, nobody else ate anything. You're, you guys all went to Pizza Hut and then nobody ate except you? I had a free pizza. I know, but that's so sad. Well. <laughs> Is what it is. So sad. Anyway. Live with that. That's hashtag Jason is Roblin Huff. That's why I'm a book it cheater. Like, anyway. See, how am I supposed to be mad at you for that? Right. The point is, I know I read more books than you. As I'm you sure did. you did. I know I did. I'm sure. For sure. Sure. So. You're uh, supposed to fight back. It's no fun to I, win if you don't fight back. What am I going to fight about? 
<laughs> Come on. Anyway, you read books? I, anyway. No, I did read books, but you were a book it nerd. Uh, <laughs> so the, the key here is that we like to incentivize or gamify the check-in of that cer- certificate. So if we put the weight of carrying that on the employee, we make the cookie, the, the carrot, big enough to make them want to carry that weight, make mm-hmm. it competitive and fun against the team. So it's you track me down mm-hmm. and make arrangements with me. Tell me how your goals are coming. What's in your way? What do you need help with? And if you do that every quarter of the year, yeah. then this sheet at the end of the year you get a super cool prize. Becomes a gift certificate. That's right. Whatever and it is, you can incentivize that however you want, from a, a lunch gift card to, to, a, to a foot rub from Greg. Oh, I don't know. That seems problematic. <laughs> <laughs> and you might want to talk to HR before okay. you give out foot rubs. Well, you know, most of the performance appraisal processes I've seen. They may as well have a foot rub from Greg in there. I feel like nobody wants a foot rub from Greg. Probably not, but it's problematic, just like their process. Yeah, that's true. Fair. Yeah. Problematic foot rubs? Problematic foot rubs. (laughs) I'll take that one, too. That's my band name. All right. (laughs) So, uh, what else do we have on performance management, performance appraisals? I think that pretty much covers it. Do we have a title for this one yet? We don't. Yeah. What would you? Where would you go with that? I mean, I feel like performance management is better than performance appraisals. Yeah. How about is, how about performance management for bros? I don't know. Like, I feel like it's for everyone, <laughs> not just for bros. That seems like a little gendered, you know? <laughs> is it? Foot rubs from Greg. <laughs> that seems really complex. It seems like you probably don't want to put that. We on don't want LinkedIn. that anyway. That's all right as a as no. a jetpack for is. those who know what that is. Yeah. If you. If you don't know what that is, back up to the beginning of this episode. Check out episode 34, Performance Management. (laughs) Where you can hear all about what a jetpack is. There you go. What's a jetpack anyway? (laughs) So, yeah, we still need to come up with a good title for it, but we We don't need to know it right now. Yeah. So, uh, be sure to check out Jetpack Cohort. Uh, We're going to be putting up more information and contacting specific folks, but if you're interested, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can find us. Before we before we do the you can find us, Balls. one more piece of information. If you're one of those who's watching for it on a regular basis. If you're watching for it. We're super excited. We have a surprise guest. Oh, we do. Coming up. Yep. So watch for it. Watch for it. There's supposed to be an absurdly large delivery, too. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what the delivery is, but I'm really hoping we're going to get this. This is a guest we've been trying to rope in for a long time. Long time. <laughs> So watch for it. Yeah. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathwithmaryandjason.com. You can find us on uh, www.widowmaker.com. That's an Overwatch character, right? No, it's not. It's just Widow, I think. She's like a spider chick. Don't find us there. She's like a spider sniper You can find us chick. on Thriller Killer. That's not a thing. Okay. You can find us at PAX this year. Yeah, we're going to PAX. PAX. It's going to be cool. Mary's going to be Rose Quartz. Yeah, I'm doing a whole Sword and Shield cosplay thing. Maybe I'll put up some pictures on the website. You can find us on LinkedIn. If it turns out okay. It'll totally turn out okay. Uh, Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. Always be lightly preparing. Oh, I'm heavily preparing for this cosplay. I know, I know. Heavily. Yeah. So check us out. You can find us in West Seattle. Uh, we are here. We have the espresso machine going. Come visit us. Get we're a cup of coffee. We're in the process of booking a lot of leadership retreats, so those are super exciting. Yeah, so you'll be seeing us all over. All over the place. The West Coast, really, yeah. right? We yeah. were talking about California yeah. and Oregon. and Yeah. 
uh, Eastern Washington, maybe. Here we go. Right, I think. Strapping. Strapping? No, not Eastern Washington. Central Alderbrook Washington. Is, oh, where's Alderbrook? That's like a West southern, Coast. Southern Puget Sound. Southern Puget Sound. Yeah. Watch for it. All over the place. Watch for it. So for the folks who don't know what that is, what is it? Rube Goldberg. Rube. It's hard to say. A Rube, Rube Goldberg device. It's intentionally put together that way. <laughs> is, if you ever played the game Mousetrap mm-hmm. as a kid, where... Oh, with like the man and the, the cage. The shoe and, that kicks the ball. Yeah, and you're always pieces. missing a piece. Mm-hmm. No, I was not missing a piece. Well, I kept mine all together. I, I only played Losey Pieces. That was my version. You know what I lost a lot of pieces of? Hmm. Operation. Screw that game. You didn't like Operation? No, I hated that game. Oh, of course you did. It's a Steady Hands game. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you, you don't have Steady Hands. No. Okay, Rube Goldberg. So, a Rube, Educate. a Rube Goldberg device is a device, or another good example of one is Pee-wee if you Herman. saw the movie, well, okay. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. But isn't there one? Yeah, I guess it is. There's one at the, there's one at the beginning of Back to the Future, too, I think. I feel like there was. I think so. Doc, Doc Brown's... Shop yeah, it's like the beginning, Although, and you're watching. There's like all the clocks, yeah. and there's some kind of thing that like fries an egg. But but it wasn't as as excessive as Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, but not all of us watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Did <sighs> I you know, choose they, to not believe that. So did you know that's part of the sound and fury um, at the Cinerama? Cinerama. The film? Yeah. The film are they going to make Are they going to make part two? Wait, they already did. It was Big Top Pee Wee. It was terrible. I watched. You know, it. you're like hmm. Francis who stole Pee Wee's bike. Francis. <laughs> Francis. So that, that's playing if you want anyway, to see it. Rube anyway, Goldberg. Rube Goldberg device. So it's a machine that takes a bunch of unnecessary steps to do something that you could have done much more simply just by doing it.